Welcome to the Off the Fritz podcast, honest conversations that explore life with intention. Our podcast is a collection of honest stories and conversations with people who have learned and are continuing to learn to live with direction and intention, even when life gets crazy. Our hope is that this podcast will inspire you and provide you the tools to start living with more intention and a sense of possibility and purpose. Hey everybody. Hey, welcome to uh, another uh, kind of special edition Christmas Off the Fritz podcast Mm -hmm. with our good friend Landon Hildebrandt of... Approach Psychology. Landon is a psychologist and we had a really great um, conversation with him today. Um, It's getting really close to Christmas and we just really dig into how to navigate relationships and expectations and just grief and loss and just all of that side that Christmas can bring. You know, the season can be full of magic and wonder, but yet it also is a colliding of the reality of our lives in that season. And so I really appreciate how Landon just gave us some really just good takeaways and yeah, got emotional. <laughs> well, yeah. The funny thing is, this is actually our second podcast we're recording with Landon. It's gonna it's gonna um, be released before the next one. But I mean, we just brought him in because it's just he's so easy to talk to, and mm-hmm. it's like I mean, heck, we got emotional in this talking mm-hmm. about like real things. I mean, that's a testament to just a a real honest conversation that's also happening in front of this camera, which mm-hmm. can be a little bit weird. But you kind of forget when you're talking with somebody whose job it is to listen mm-hmm. and and that kind of thing. So he's just he's very good. Um, he's just an approachable guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, really really fun conversation. Really nice conversation. I think that there's some nuggets in there that are mm-hmm. pretty valuable around this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the reasons that we are doing, or the reason that we're doing these special uh, episodes, Christmas episodes, because we are partnering up with World Vision mm-hmm. to try to make a difference um, in some kids' lives here. So mm-hmm. um, explain, please. Yeah. So we partner with World Vision, and you, as you all know, Kevin and I have a hobby farm, and mm-hmm. so close to our hearts is animals and our kids' love for them. And we want to just inspire change um, on a global on a global scale. And so through um, our landing page, um, you have the opportunity to give the gift of chickens, goats, um, mm-hmm. seeds, fruit trees, those types of things that can make a really long-lasting impact in the life of not only a child, but an entire community. Yeah, a family when, community. You know, when absolutely. you give the gift of goats, it's not just goats. You're giving the gift of... Um, protein rich milk and where the source of revenue source of revenue manure to help fertilize soil and and on and on and so it's a big deal and i think i think that's the thing that we it it hit home for us when we were explaining to our kids i mean maybe they made it hit home for us so the idea of like if you can give one thing to one child it's like that's a huge deal Mm -hmm. like that 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 might change the the trajectory of that of that child's life or their their year or their maybe their family maybe in their community so Mm -hmm. a little bit of generosity can go a long ways um in that so i know it's just a couple days before christmas and maybe your shopping is done but add one more kid add one more kid head on over to the landing page but most of all enjoy this episode with landon well, hey man, nice to have you in our home in person, not on Zoom, like it's a real live to be interaction. Here. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, so, it's nice to be in your home too, not over Zoom, even though we live 20 minutes away from each other. Yeah. So this is great. <laughs> Weird days, right? <laughs> yeah. Weird days. Well, anyway, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you guys as well. Thank you. It is Christmas season. What's Christmas like in your world? Well, I'll be honest, Christmas has changed over the years substantially. Like uh, growing up, Christmas is actually about central california that's where we would go every christmas and so i had the like the you know the reverse classical christmas of like when i saw palm trees and the taco bell on my left that meant we were close to my aunt and uncle's place or my grandma's place in reedley california Mm -hmm. and so that's what we would do every christmas or my favorite christmas so 
Uh, now living in Edmonton, it's about like a little more classic, but uh, I'm adjusting. I don't want to be harsh about it, but I need you to know that your Christmases were wrong. Um, <laughs> that is a Hallmark, Hallmark traditional Christmas guy. He needs to know the palm trees aren't Christmas. You know, like, you know, there's that scene in like the, the, I think it's the first Home Alone where like he's complaining about Christmas isn't about palm trees and stuff. And like, I remember that scene had the reverse effect on me. It's like, no, no, Christmas is yeah. about palm trees. Like, that's what it's about. Yeah. Home Alone taught me everything I know yeah, about Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need the snow falling in order to get all those warm feelings. You just need nope. palm trees. Yeah, palm trees. I just had, actually, funny enough, like this like story. Like, I remember watching Home Alone for the first time with my family mm -hmm. around Christmas. There was no snow that year, which is weird for here where there's always snow. And it was like dry and we were like mad about it as kids. And isn't there a scene at the end where it gets, it's like the end, it's like everything's wrapping up, it gets all pretty and Christmassy and it's snowing. And we looked out, as soon as the movie was over, we looked outside and it was like dumping snow like a snow globe. Wow. Because that, that's what he was asking for, isn't it? Like, I want it to snow I, on Christmas. I don't, either way, it got, it went from like violent, yeah. <laughs> you know, Home Alone to like pretty Home Alone. And then right after that, it snowed for the first time and that like stuck with me as a kid. Yeah. It was like magic. Yeah. John, Alone, John Hughes knew how to write Home Alone kids magic. movies too, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> yeah, no, uh, it, it's changed over time and, and, and I've gotten used to it, but it, it's really changed substantially since, you know, I've got kids now mm -hmm. and like, mm -hmm. a, like a family and, and, you know, combining families at times. Like we've had my family from Vancouver out to Edmonton for Christmas. Um, we've been to Vancouver for, for Christmas a few times as well. Mm -hmm. um, but Christmas, it hasn't always been an easy time for me. In fact, I'm probably known for being a bit bahumbug. You take me to a ugly sweater crack, you know, party or something, and I'm probably wearing a gray t-shirt. Um, <laughs> mostly because I'm trying to repre represent what, you know, Alberta winter actually does look like. And so I think I'm actually capturing the Christmas spirit. Um, gray and you know whatnot. No, I, I love our Christmases. But um, yeah, I wasn't always in, in love with Christmas. It actually was a hard time for me. And, and there was a lot of things that happened growing up around Christmas uh, with both my friends and with uh, family that that was a, made it a, for a challenging time. And so it's not something I actually anticipate most of the time. I imagine that's maybe more common story than maybe is openly discussed as well, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like I, I think it's one thing I've, I've learned with my clients, you know, um, in my practice uh, is that, you know, Christmas means very different things for people and it never means just one thing. It's actually, a, it's this holistic idea all the time. It's like they anticipate it, but there's also the conflict that comes whenever you get a family together. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always the challenges that happen. And it's, um, I always like to say like, when we get together with our family, we revert to being 15 again. And however we were at 15 is the way the rest of our family perceives us. And um, that's a challenge because it's really hard for a bunch of 15 year olds to be adults with their own children and be in these close quarters for prolonged periods of time. And so it's obvious that conflict might ensue. But the cool thing is, is even when that happens, families that are able to figure that out and to navigate those challenging times, um, they get to have these amazing experiences, that's for sure. Well, I mean, I would say that very few things in life are all great or all horrible. Maybe that's a false statement, but I would say most things in life are not all great or all horrible. And there's a lot of maybe like work or a lot of uh, maybe some negative aspects of something. I mean, but I think it's always important Well, as, as me, my outlook in life is to really acknowledge, acknowledge and like give high, high value to the positive things. Yeah. And maybe even give high, high value to the negative things as well, because there's something to be learned there. Or maybe, I don't know, you could probably speak better to that, but the idea of like, hard things or even bad things are maybe not always bad. Yeah, and, and I think that that can sometimes come with time. Like, uh, I, I think time is a variable that we very rarely take into account as being a really good thing. Uh, like, I'll give you an example from, from my own life. Um, 
many Christmases ago, I can't remember how long ago it was, um, there was a lot of conflict between me and my parents at Christmas. So much so that we actually left Christmas and ended Christmas early and came back to Edmonton. Um, and I remember I probably sent some rude letters back and forth because I tend to be a little bit more impulsive that way sometimes. Um, again, reverting back to my 15-year-old self. Um, but like, um, we decided to take a six-month break in our relationship, which sounds like an awful thing. Um, but you know, knowing my family and knowing our family story, like my parents were separated for a while when I was a kid. Um, and none of us look at that time as a negative time. Um, we actually look at that time where we became a family. Uh, like we grew and I, I have like the pre-separation and then the post-separation life. I, that's how I kind of organize my life. And it's like my parents working through that hard time and figuring that out actually made us a family. And when I look at like what we did then is like we took this break and we decided what we were going to do is we were going to come together for these Zoom meetings or like I think only FaceTime existed back then. Um, and we would like have these meetings where my mom and dad would sit on their couch and me and my wife, Lindsay, would sit on our couch and we'd talk through this conflict. And, I, I, you know, we've had conflict since then that's been challenging, but we know we can always work through it um, because we were intentional about that. And we knew we would you know take a break. No one would get afraid. And we wouldn't let fear be the ruler of like the direction we're going. And instead we'd decide to figure it out and talk together and work through the conflict. And I, I think that our relationship is so much better because of it. It was, it hurt, it was painful, it was harm, uh, hard, but like time made that something incredibly important to our life as a family. Mm. Right. That's I mean, so beautiful. Go ahead. Huh? Well, it's so beautiful <clears throat> just to, to wrestle through the realness of life, I think, especially even amidst the holidays, like it can be portrayed like the hallmark side of the holidays and and just there's a lot of of just points to the holidays that are very heartwarming and beautiful. And I think we're all drawn to that. Mm -hmm. And and there is that reality to it, but also there's the reality that when we're getting together with family, we're all real humans yep. struggling through real life. Um, our issues, our past, um, the things that trigger us, you know, the busyness, the, just the added stresses of gift buying and prep. And as a mom, I know, you know, like getting ready for holiday season at school and, you know, the Santa hats that are needed and the cookies that need to be baked like all of that is is very real in it and you can have um you can have a lot of the good mixed with the hard yeah and i think when we are able to kind of strip back and be like yeah it's about wrestling through it to be intentional through that time like how are we dealing with people how do we navigate um the challenge and navigate our stress and navigate ourselves through it yeah. is like yeah you know like authentic and real through the season I think one of the things that happens at Christmas is we set these expectations of like of forced community and forced um, intimacy, actually, in some ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and we and we hope that, you know, we're going to get to Christmas and we're going to experience this thing. Um, but instead, what happens is real life happens um, and community and connection doesn't look like that. And instead, um, we think that we did something wrong and we get disappointed. And, and so, so for, for me, like, I, I really think it's important to like, understand like, what does community mean for you as a family? What does it mean for you and your friends during Christmas? And are you trying to force that at Christmas? Or does that exist all year round? Because if it exists all year round, it's probably going to happen much more naturally and much more you know, easily. Uh, if you're forcing it, it's drama's going to ensue. Yeah, that is uh, only moderately successful at very best, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm going to throw in some more fire yeah. while we talk here. Keep talking. Yeah. yeah. What are some, like, 
thoughts and tips? Because I would say um, for many that have like that community that stretches throughout um, the year, you know, through Christmas meeting with friends and having a drink and getting together, like there's those relationships that are just easy and you throw Christmas into it and it feels even more meaningful and celebratory. And then there's the things where it's like, okay, we're having the big Christmas dinner, you know? aunt, whoever's coming over, or, you know, you have a strained, maybe have a strained relationship with your parents, but you know, for the sake of the family, we're going to get together. We're going to do this. Is there things that you could share that would just help us mentally prepare for navigating the hard? Yeah. You know, uh, my family would probably laugh at this because, um, this is going to be one of those things where it's like, do what Landon says. Don't do what Landon does because Landon <laughs> oftentimes struggles during this time period. So I just want to call that out. Um, but like at the same time, um, I, I'm gonna go back to expectations. Um, oftentimes when we're we have something big happening, like all of our family coming over for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whatever, um, we have expectations in our head that we've actually never verbalized even to ourselves. And so when you verbalize those expectations to your spouse, your partner, um, to others that are coming or whatnot. Um, you might actually all be getting on the same page and realize that instead of trying to do this huge production and create something that's going to be really, really complicated and there's so many variables that can go wrong, you might all realize that maybe we actually want to create something a little more simple. Um, and so like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, last Christmas, uh, like peak, um, you know, not allowed to have people in our homes, mm -hmm. all that stuff, actually one of my favorite Christmases ever. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> we said that too. <laughs> yeah, and and it was like a huge aha moment for me. And I was like, yes, I missed family, I missed connection, but we did connect, and we did do these weird things to like enjoy the Christmas spirit and and to connect as families. But just having that relaxed atmosphere at home, and just you know sitting with my kids, you know playing with you know toys, and and you know me looking for you know the next you know Boxing Day sale because I'm bad like that, and uh, you know whatnot. That was so amazing. We made a, you know, we made a turkey that we couldn't all eat. Um, you know, we did these things. It was just so simple. We didn't spend all our time preparing and then cleaning up. Instead, we spent our time together. Mm -hmm. And like, I remember my in-laws came and visited us on, on our doorstep. Um, you know, some of our friends came over that day as well. And it was like, this actually meets the needs we have to connect right now. Yes, it's weird. Yeah, we're not comfortable sitting around a fireplace and, you know, relaxing. But it's like, it was so intentional and so simple. It was so meaningful to me. See, I love Last Christmas in the same way that you did. Um, I don't know that it, for me, it wasn't better. It was different. And I, and I liked that. It was kind of like a, a different experience for us. And it was like, oh, this was another way to do this. And I, and I guess for me, it was like, it I guess like anything different in life that you do, it kind of broadens that perspective. Um, and then it's like, well, maybe Landon can enjoy Christmas with palm trees around, you know, like that. It's like, there's different ways of doing this that are actually really wonderful. And like they could be wonderful for our family as well. And I think that's that's maybe an important important thing for me. I was, I don't know, I always love when when I can understand something about myself that I didn't understand before. Um, and that's that's what last Christmas, I guess, did for us, where it was like we are a very traditional family when it comes to Christmas. We have these like these deep-rooted traditions that actually I'm excited to talk about later when we yeah. when we chat later. Just I love those traditions. But the idea of those traditions is somehow having control over us. It's like, well, that's just not true. I mean, we are in yeah. control of tra those traditions. They serve us and not the other way around. Yeah. And, and I think that's what that taught us last year. And maybe that's something that other people need, need to hear. Yeah. The idea they don't have to be bound. Yeah, it's, it, I kind of think about traditions. I, I don't think I can make this connection too easily, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force it here. But like traditions and emotions are kind of the same way. We want to have 
we want to experience those traditions, we want to be part of those things, just what we want to experience our emotions and we want to be part of that. But we don't want either of those things to be in control of us. We want to have autonomy over them. And, and I think last Christmas uh, provided us some autonomy over tradition in a way that was actually really unique and allowed us to kind of, in some ways, make new traditions and explore new things that are actually really fun and powerful. Well, definitely, I know that communicating expectations is is super important. And when you're able to communicate those expectations to the people that you love, things just roll a little easier. Like the other night we were sitting down and yeah, life obviously, as many know, with what we're doing with our business and whatnot, like it just feels very, very, very fast paced. And I looked at the calendar and I was like, Kev, we're sitting by the fire and I'm like, okay, it is December 5th already. Um, let's talk about Christmas. Like up until I think you said, let's talk about taxes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank goodness, no. You know, and we sat and we said, and I said, what do you want? What are some things that you really want out of the season? And I was able to share, you know, these are some of the things that I want to experience together as a family. And for us with young kids right now, it really came down to that. Like, mm -hmm. I just definitely want to go skate that loop in Spruce Grove with all of the lights and get out and go do that. And a few Christmas movies that were on the list and you know but it's important that I communicate that to him because if I don't then yeah. I feel alone in it and if it doesn't happen then I'm frustrated and there comes all of those feelings alongside. Yeah like your guys's presence together and being you know close together probably most of the day you know running your business from here mm -hmm. a lot right uh, allows you guys to communicate those expectations. Yeah. It's pretty obvious to me why that doesn't happen at Christmas when all these families come together with their own traditions and own expectations. They don't have proximity to help them to express those expectations. They don't have presence to help them express those expectations. And so instead we all come with different ideas, but then we also have these huge expectations of we're creating this massive production. So we're never actually sitting down and being present with one another to actually have a chance to explore that stuff. We're just constantly, you know, preparing the turkey. Someone's running around doing this and someone's always cleaning. You know, that's, that's just the reality. I want to ask a question which maybe doesn't have a great answer, maybe doesn't lead anywhere, but is there a difference between like expectations and anticipation? Hmm. And does that relate to kind of like, because I, I feel like expectations, the way we're talking about them is leading to maybe disappointment and expectations not being met. Is me, or maybe that's just me and how I'm reading that, that end of that conversation. And so I feel yeah. like that expectation is maybe something that is leading up to, well, we can't possibly fulfill that. And then there's going to be a sense of disappointment and let down and whatever else. But is, is there a difference between that and anticipation? I, I love the way that you just separate those two things, because I don't know if I've actually thought about that beforehand. Um, me neither. But it's like, <laughs> uh, I'm going to pull this out of my pocket right now, but I feel like expectations is what we want. Anticipation is what we're feeling. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, like oftentimes what we want and what we're feeling aren't necessarily completely aligned. Um, so you're feeling the stress, you're feeling, um, the, uh, you know, the, 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 busyness and, and, you know, the excitement and, and all these different things. But then your expectation is that you're supposed to sit down on Santa's lap and experience this like total Zen atmosphere, which never happens at Christmas. <laughs> and so we're, 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 we're kind of feeling one thing, but then driving something towards a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I know that I'm looking forward to the honestly, the rest that the season brings. And it's a funny thing to say because it's also a very busy season, mm -hmm. but I feel like Christmas is a time when we can just, it is okay to stop. Mm -hmm. It is okay to check out of the inbox. It is okay to um, 
leave social media. Well, it's okay to leave social media anytime, but there's just this, like, I don't know, for me, there's like this, a little bit more permission to, to stop and pause. Um, I think of like advent and anticipation there. Like just for me, a routine has been in the morning to just pause and sit by the tree and have my cup of coffee there and do a bit of reading and start the day just a little bit slower. And there seems to be like that change of pace with the tree there and the lights and the glow that's helped me to bring that into my life. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to the rest that the season brings and the permission that we all have to, to pause, to add more if we want, like more gatherings and seeing people that we want to see or pull that back. But I think we need to, within that, be very intentional. Yeah. Or it sweeps or it sweeps right by. Yeah, I, I think that we, you know, like for, for myself, that is the forced break always every year yeah. because um, nobody comes to an appointment between the 24th and like the 2nd of January yeah. because the time doesn't exist then. Yeah. And so it's like, there's no point booking an appointment. So I just take that week off and I have my clients who have emergency stuff, I'm available to them for certain things, but it's just kind of that forced break every year. Um, but one thing that I've also become a little more aware of is like, I didn't always have that opportunity. Like I remember when I worked with, with kids in care and, and in, in group homes, um, I worked Christmas Eve and Christmas day quite regularly. And so did my wife. And so even then there was like this experience of rest, you know, with the kids and the homes we were working in. Um, but it was like a busy season. And, and so, um, if you have the opportunity, it's like, yes, take that rest mm-hmm. because it's, you know, it's a for- forced vacation in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, if you don't have that opportunity, what can you do to kind of create those periods of rest? Um, be intentional about certain things, maybe not on that specific week or whatnot, but how are you doing that in your life? Because this tends to be one of the most stressful periods, but also one of the most restful periods for some people. Mm-hmm. And so how do you balance that and prepare for that, not just at that week, but actually through your remainder of your of your year even? Well, that's what I was going to say. I was like, isn't it maybe a problem that we need like a once a year holiday? that we all sort of agree on or whatever. Oh, now we can rest. That's our excuse to rest, right? Like it's kind of, wouldn't we all be better off if we didn't just wait for Christmas? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like I'm, um, one thing Lindsay and I um, are are pretty good at is tapping into our stress loads um, and just, okay, what are we going to do for rest? Um, what are we going to do so that we can actually continue to handle this in the long run? Um, you know, I'm, I'm telling my clients to do it, so I, I need to be doing it as well. It's one of the reasons why, like, why we both run as much as we do. Like, it sounds like it's unrestful, but it's a way of processing and making sense of our world. Mm-hmm. It's also a time when oftentimes I'm running completely by myself or I'm running with friends and we're having, you know, these very intentional conversations type thing. Um, or sometimes it's just we're running together, the two of us. Um, but we try also to say, okay, we're looking at this week, this week's going to be really, really busy. Um, what can we do following that to kind of manage that load so that we're not carrying these high levels of stress or cortisol around with us all the time? Um, because if we're stuck carrying that cortisol around, it's going to have a dramatic effect on our bodies. Uh, it's going to have a caustic effect on our bodies and it's going to have a massively negative effect on how we process the world around us. How do you coach your clients to find out what those, um, what those are, like those things that help to release the cortisol and, and deal with that? I think it starts with awareness of it first, um, because it, it, a, a lot of us are, are really, really good at pretending we're fine. Um, and so like the, the joke I always have with my clients is the word fine is like, Atlanta's going to dig deep um, <laughs> because fine is a code word for I'm not fine. And, and like, you'll, you'll probably notice in your own lives and you'll probably have discussions later. It's like when one person says fine, it usually means that they're not. And, and it's one of the ways that we pretend things aren't, aren't, aren't okay. And so I, I first help them start, you know, tune into their own bodies. 
what is what are their bodies saying to them um you know like what is your stomach saying is your stomach you know a mess um you know like how's your chest feel how's your breathing like what's actually going on um you know oftentimes a lot of people will come into my office and say i'm fine and i'm like okay what happened to your week and they'll be like well um my wife left me my dog died i got laid off my dad has cancer I'm like oh, okay that's a lot of things uh can you do me a favor you can just put your hand over your wrist right here and tell me you know what's happening and like think I'm having a heart attack. I'm like, yes, that's a real yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and, and so tuning people in is the first step. Um, because if, unless you're tuned in, you're not going to do anything about it. The second step is, okay, what brings you joy? And how can you process what's going on in your life so that you can, again, returning to that word autonomy, have autonomy over those things. Mm -hmm. And so it might be, you know, exercise. It might also be connections with certain people. Um, uh, you know, one of the biggest um, surprises to me this last year um, was how much going on vacation with another family could actually be restful because I did not think it was going to be restful. <laughs> Especially because we're going to Canmore for uh, like a, a long weekend, running a race, like all, all the adults were running a race and the kids were you know, taking care of themselves. And so we went down to Canmore, we stayed in this you know, wonderful condo, um, which um, this is, Lindsay says I'm not allowed to talk about this, but we actually only booked it for two days and we were there for three days. So we ended up getting a really big bill at the end, but um, our error, um, whatnot, but um, the owner was phenomenal and understanding. But we were so rested because these friends we know really well and uh, we run with them regularly. We spend a lot of time together and everything was easy. Um, like we would just communicate really verbally about things. And in an incredibly busy time, October's like peak counseling season, if anything, if that exists, we were so relaxed. And then we went around a 50K race and like got wired up and everything and ate a ton of sugar and all these things and then came back and rested. Yeah. And that, that's where it's like intentional community of people that understand you and know you can be one of the greatest things to help you deal with that stress mm -hmm. because you don't have to pretend you can be authentic, mm -hmm. right? And I think it's tuning into those and being self-aware to know what's your perspective and what are you experiencing in the midst of that. Um, last weekend was a very, I guess, quote unquote, busy week. If you look at, busy weekend, if you looked at the things that we were doing in right. this It was full, let's full. call it that. We'll say full. Rightful. Rightful. <laughs> but for me, there was, in the midst of it, incredible pockets of rest. But rest to me looked like um, Troy and Lanny and their girls and Jilly and I and another friend um, met at Rabbit Hill and we had a friend of ours who volunteered to help teach the girls how to ski. Oh, awesome. And it was, it was so restful and fun to watch these little girls learn how to snowplow for the first time and mm -hmm. get down the hill. And there we were, and I was packing the girls up. I took my ski boots off. Um, we needed to find a spot that where we could get up and down where there wasn't um, a lot of people around. So there I was like getting a full workout in, packing these girls up and down, seeing them, um, you know, get so excited about a sport that I love, watching Chris just be so generous. And that, it, many people could look at this situation and go, <laughs> how could you ever call that rest? But oh, it especially was, getting there oh, was getting like there an was... absolute train wreck, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there was nothing restful about that. It was the exact opposite. <laughs> but I could have gone into the experience going, okay, getting there was stressful. Yeah. So now this experience is stressful. Mm -hmm. Where I was like, getting there was stressful, but now I'm here. I worked to get here. Now it's time to enjoy. You acknowledge those things, right? Like, like yeah. that goes right back to what we're saying about expectations is like, um, you knew it was going to be a gong show getting there and right. getting kids into ski boots and doing all those things. 
you knew that and you accepted it for what it was. But you also knew that it'd be you'd experience so much joy watching them, you know, do the pizza down down the hill, like yeah. you know, snowplow, you know, learning these things, that look on their faces, that first fall when they cry, like all yeah. those different things. You expected that and were prepared for it, yeah. and it ended up being restful. Yeah. Right. Well, and we chose that too with the sleigh ride. Right. We had a then so we did skiing on Saturday and Sunday. We had a sleigh ride booked for a bunch of our community and friends, and and again here it was the pack up to getting four kids out of the house and the drive. You know, fifty three minutes mm -hmm. down the road that was not restful. <laughs> it was coaching on you know siblings and how not you know everything that can happen in a van, a van happened. But you know, Kevin and I sat there and we're like, hey, on the drive there, we're like, we need to know that that what we're heading to is rest mm -hmm. because that's our community yeah. and it's going to be awesome. But we had to take the stress and process the stress together in the van to get there. And right. I think, you know, sometimes it's easier in the van to be like, you know what? Enough. Turn around and go home. This isn't yeah. worth it. The work isn't worth yeah. it. <laughs> and maybe some days, maybe. But. Yeah. But I mean, that's how life is. I mean, I, I say it way too much. Like you got to pay to play, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like everything comes at a cost and it's like you decide if the cost is worth it or mm -hmm. and what the value is. And sometimes I think that the cost can be worth something as well, right? Because there's lessons there and there's, uh, there's strength to be gained there too, right? Mm -hmm. But I mean, it's like, I mean, you go to a movie if you want to see the newest Who's hot right now in movies? Yeah. Bruce Willis? Is he hot? Yeah. You want yes. to see the newest? All of, all of the yes. movies. <laughs> yes. Just in theater. Right? Yeah, exactly. You, you pay, you got to pay your ticket to get in, yeah. right? And I mean, that's how life, I think, is for the most part. And we have to be okay with that to acknowledge the cost. Yeah. And to say, yeah, this is worth it. And then go enjoy it. But for you guys, and I have a question for you. Um, when you're getting into the van, mm -hmm. how do you guys communicate through that? Because I think that there's actually a key there as to how you communicate, you know, going to Rabbit Hill or communicate going for a sleigh ride. Like, what, what, what does that conversation look like? Is it perfect? Is it not perfect? What does that look like? It's, it's a long communication process yeah. that's been happening for the last eight, ten years is the honest truth. Like, we don't have to verbally communicate that much because we know how we parent and we know... Mm -hmm. Oh, this is happening right now. If this has happened to us 800 times, and it's going to happen to us 800 times more, and we're going to hate it every time. Mm -hmm. But we know what's going on. It's like, it's okay. We know that we can deal with this by addressing it in this way. And, and honest truth is that we don't have to communicate that much in those moments because dare I say we've gotten maybe... Not, we've gotten good at communicating. We haven't gotten good at There's a lot of eyebrow with, movements. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I don't know that we're, if we've gotten good with dealing with those situations, but we have gotten good at communicating those situations. But I think too, though, we are communicating. Yeah. So of course we are. Often, yeah. often I'm needing to express my feelings. So I'm often needing to let it out that this is stressful. Kev, like, oh, like this is, this is so hard. I, and then often in those moments, I'm also thinking about seven steps ahead and all the other things that I need to do. And, and I'm probably thinking about after this event, all the pack up and clean up to be home. So I'm often a ball of stress. And then the kids amplify that because then they're fighting in the car sometimes. And I just know that I need to speak it out. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Hey, Kev, um, this is how I'm feeling and I need, we just need to process right now. And you're one of the most patient guys I know. And he often brings perspective into the situation for me mm. and helps to acknowledge mm. it. And well, and I can acknowledge why that is. And that's why we're a good team is because Heather is, is living this moment and the next seven and also lining up how we're going to get home. And I live now. Mm. And so mm. I'm able to be the one who is totally present and able to like bring her into that mm. when she's the one who is 
making sure that everything's gonna work moving past that. If we were both like me, we would never, we'd get there, and now what's gonna happen? <laughs> we would never get past step one, right? Yeah. So, But that, that's the thing, you guys are communicating, you've been doing it for years, yeah. and like every sleigh ride is actually, you know, a decade of communication mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, false starts and, and missteps and figuring out and calibrating to each other. That's what this is all about. And, and so it's like you're communicating through gaze, you're communicating through eyebrows. Like, you know, I, there's a lot of movement going on there, like when I'm communicating. But like you're, you're also like, you know where the other person's at. And, and just like this conversation of you knowing you're in the present and you're, you're you know, in the present, the past, and the future. Yeah. Like you guys know that. Yeah. And so you can communicate through it. Like no wonder it's so hard for us when we get and we hang out with families and friends with all these other expectations we haven't communicated any of that. Right. Yeah. And it's like, why are we pretending these are all secrets? They're not secrets in our relationships, like with our, with our intimate partners. Why should we pretend they should be secrets with our family? You know, boundaries should be something that's shared, that yeah. people know about. You know, expectations should be something that people should know about. We shouldn't be all guessing all the time. Yeah. And, and that's what you guys seem to be doing really well as a couple. Um, but that's the perspective we need to take into these gatherings and these big yeah. things as well. And then we're also, honestly, I'm really trying to do this for the kids too, mm. where I'm being mindful of, hey, we're driving in the van on the way to sleigh rides and it's a stressful moment. We can have this conversation in front of the kids. Mm. And yeah. because we do not need to hide that mummy, mummy's stressed right now, Daddy's cool because you know <laughs> that's the way you are, and and you were really great in this on the ride because you just told the kids like, hey, please stop interrupting us. We need to talk right now. Mm -hmm. This is hard, and we chatted through what we needed to chat through and let the kids listen. And I think, yeah. well, man, I don't remember growing up um, listening to my parents have that conflict in front of me, or work the working out of it. Like maybe they they had to have dealt with this, but. I don't know, maybe I was oblivious or they were doing it not in front of me. Mm -hmm. And we really want to show the kids healthy communication and unhealthy and the journey of that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, just bringing them along that I think is, is really important for kids to see all of that. It is. And, and, and like anybody who's into attachment literature and, and, and attachment theory will, will, will affirm that it's like, yeah, it's, it's hard on kids to hear the argument, but what they need to see is the reunion aspect. Right. And that's the most powerful aspect, you know, and that's why like I separate my life into, you know, pre-parent separation and post-parent separation. Uh, my parents, you know, uh, one of the greatest opportunities I had was the fact that um, I got to see them fall in love uh, when I was about seven, um, even though they, they'd been married before that, uh, you know, yeah. seven to 12. I think I got to see that process. And one of the things I got to see was uh, arguments and then that process of, you know, reconciling. And so that was a perspective I had as a kid is like, love actually looks like this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, knowing then that I could navigate that with, with my partner in the future and I can go through those things. Like I got to observe that as a kid and that's so important, mm -hmm. you know, for both my neurological development, but also for how I understand relationship. And Christmas is one of those periods where we all come to a table and we sit around and we have all these expectations and we all want to experience something, but nobody is sharing what that thing is. We might say what we're grateful for or whatnot, and that, but that's a separate thing. Um, but what we're all looking for is to connect. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be the primary, most important thing to do over that time is how do you connect? Um, if baking the giant you know, turkey and doing all the cookies isn't connecting, 
as a family sit down and ask like, how do we connect during this time? Mm -hmm. You know, how do our kids connect with each other? You know, how, how, how do we connect with our community? Because that's gonna be the thing that creates a tradition that is not only really powerful and strong during that Christmas season, but something you don't have to confine to the Christmas season as well. Mm -hmm. Like you can actually do that in other places and other times. Mm -hmm. um, we have a tradition with some of our friends. Uh, we used to skip church once in a while and and uh, and do brunch, um, and that was going to be our community thing. Mm -hmm. And it was so calm and so comfortable because we would just get together. We knew what we were doing. We knew what was there, and it was a tradition we created. I think somewhere around Christmas that then just carried on, and it's something we just love doing. Mm -hmm. And and I think that we need to do that not only with our families but with our friends and with our fa like immediate families as well. Mm -hmm. Well. And, and maybe circling back around, like in, in light of this and circling back around to kind of how we started when you had mentioned the idea that at Christmas, everybody reverts back to being like 15 year olds, right? And it's like, I would say the funny thing is that, does, that doesn't happen. Be, I mean, but the thing is, it's like you go in there now as a whatever, a 38 or a 40 year old, 20, 25 years later, and you're not a 15 year old, you're a 40 year old. You've gone through like 25 years of growth since the time that you were 15. Mm -hmm. But now your family hasn't been there for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so now you go back and they see you as a 15 year old, maybe. Um, it's a, what's, what's the saying, like a, a prophet is never understood in his hometown or yeah, some, something yeah. along those, that, you know, that's not it. But that idea that you go back and maybe there's that frustration and maybe that like animosity that comes from, from like being misunderstood. And it's like, I'm not that anymore. I'm so much more, I'm, I've, you know, that growth mentality. And so maybe that's one of the complications too with, with families getting back together and getting thrown back into that, like what is maybe trying to be forced to be, or maybe just is, uh, an intimate situation and and then that that intimacy reverts back to this like old outdated lesser version of everyone's self right um and maybe yeah. that's part of it too maybe we have to acknowledge the fact that people grow and people change and like maybe use that as an opportunity to try to understand some of that growth mm -hmm. um and maybe that's a way to kind of foster that forward and I intimacy think too, if we if we know at the end of the day what do we all want yeah we all want to be seen we all want to be loved we all want to know that we belong mm -hmm within any family event. And if I come to that event, knowing that grandma and the two-year-old and the baby and Uncle Bill and maybe the extra people that you've brought into the fold, they all just want that too. Maybe we can just have a ton more grace for one another and our journey yeah. to that dinner table. Yeah, you know, I, I, you bring up a point that I think is really, um, in, in one hand hilarious, but in one hand not. Um, I remember talking to a client once who, you know, she was talking about, you know, how as her family, they'd all get together and they had one uncle who had, you know, struggled with alcoholism for years and it was like drunk Uncle Bill, um, you know, and, and like drunk Uncle Bill would be at Thanksgiving and everywhere. Um, it took the family 10 years to figure out that Bill had actually been sober um, mm -hmm. for 10 years because we don't actually pay attention to the changes that people have gone through. You know we just still <laughs> expect them to be that thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so like, I, I, Kevin, I think mean, you're dead right in the sense of like, it's not just that we revert back to our, our, our 15 year old selves in some ways, in some really emotionally in some ways, but also people perceive us as our, as our 15 year old selves. Um, and those old conflicts in that time come up. And so if we can communicate through that about what we've done to grow and to change and, and you know, our expectations as we've been talking about and all those things, Suddenly, we have a different way to connect as a community, mm -hmm. right? We can actually be present with each other to have that conversation. Present today, yeah. not present 20, 25 yeah. years ago, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, Christmas is like, 
is a really wonderful time of year. I mean, it may not be felt that way for everybody. Um, and it's, it's, it has its stresses, it has its, its hardships, it has its joys, it has all those things. And we can see all of those things. I think we have to acknowledge those things. We have to acknowledge the, the, how hard and maybe how hurtful it can be for some people. Um, and I think we have to acknowledge how beautiful it can be for some people um, and everything in between. Um, for us right now, it's a beautiful time. And it, it may not always be. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have, we have family health stuff that's going to like drastically change this for us, you know, maybe by next Christmas mm -hmm. and, and that, that could feel a lot different. But mm -hmm. so for me, the excitement of this season and what, what we're creating for our kids is, uh, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I, life continues on and changes things. And when we hold to keeping rigid, we miss out on being able to, to fluctuate with those changes mm -hmm. and, and to make new traditions and to make new experiences. Um, and, and I think what you guys are alluding to in some ways is the fact that like change is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, change doesn't feel good. But when we choose to be present and we choose to communicate, um, those hard times don't get reshaped to be good. They still continue to be hard times. Um, but there are times of, of when you as a family, you as a community can actually grow together, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having this conversation with us. I think, you know, the season is full of opportunity to be so meaningful and amazing. And I appreciate that we all can also can recognize that the season can be full of grief. Mm -hmm. It can be full of loss. Yeah. It can be full of the realness of human relationships, which are human relationships crazy stuff. Are crazy. They're amazing and hard, all wrapped up in one. <clears throat> and so thank you for sharing from your heart and giving us some just a, a space to to speak that out. I think yeah. sometimes we all just need these these spaces to talk about yeah. being real and authentic and be encouraged to um to think about and be prepared for how we can move forward. It's yeah. Yeah. Before we close off, I, I, I just want to acknowledge, like, I can see the emotion on your guys' faces right now, that there's something big that, is, that you guys have been moving towards. Mm -hmm. And it's because of conversations like we're having today that allow us to move through those things and towards those things in community and not be alone. Right. And, like, that should be what Christmas is about. Mm -hmm. um, that should be what our communities are about, is, is having that insulating and supportive factor to move through that. And like we're having this intimate conversation together today mm -hmm. and that this stuff just comes up. Yeah. Um, whether we plan it or not. But this is what community should be. Right. You know, this is actually what we should be expecting and anticipating in these seasons. So thanks for sharing that with me and, and letting me be part of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Crazy times. Crazy times. Anyway, man, we really enjoy well, every time we talk, um, we're excited to do this more with you in a, in a context where it's like we need to turn the phones <laughs> off and uh, get a little bit more, yeah. uh, less distracted and just sit down with the real purpose of just, just discussing these things. Um, I also enjoy it when we're not in front of a camera or with the <laughs> microphone in the room. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, no, but uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we appreciate you. Merry Christmas, guys. I look forward to seeing you through the season too. Absolutely. We need to get the families together. You Absolutely. Bet. Awesome. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with, with Landon. Um, 
These conversations have been really real. Mm -hmm, absolutely. For those of you that are not watching this, you know, I'm sure you could hear it in our, our voices, just how, yeah, how real this episode hit home to our Yeah, hearts. absolutely. Yeah. No, and imagine there's, we're not the only ones uh, going through stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I think that it's, uh, hopefully there was some, yeah, maybe there's some, I don't know, some wisdom in there that might be pertinent to you guys, uh, wherever you're at in life right now, wherever you've been. Um, anyway, Landon's a great guy. I really yeah. appreciate him coming out here. We'll do this again with him for sure. So. For more on Landon, you can follow him on Instagram at Approach, Psych Approach Psychology. Approach Psychology. And his website, ApproachPsych.ca. And make sure that if you have room for one more kid at Christmas, that you head over to our landing page. And um, yeah, buy a chicken. Buy a chicken for a kid. <laughs> yeah. It makes an impact. Yep. So anyway, thanks guys.